So you moved back. When did you move back here from New York? Um, officially, it would be end of August. I was up here, remember, beforehand. Right, for when the quarantine. Quarantine was going on. But then yeah. I went back to New York in August just for two weeks, and then yeah. I came up here. So you, uh, officially in August, that's when you went and bought your furniture, right? Uh, yeah. well, so actually, when did you get your apartment? Uh, I got my apartment end of September. This is a great story. I want everybody to listen to this. <laughs> George, and I went shopping with him for his furniture. He went furniture shopping uh, September-ish. Yeah, towards the end of September. How's that furniture? Is it nice? Uh, the order was canceled yeah. last week. I canceled it. Right. It kept getting dragged out. <laughs> yeah. Why? Supply chain. Supply the, chain. Our favorite phrase, supply Everywhere chain. you go, it's the yeah. supply chain. You know, supply chain. But meanwhile... We won't say that company because no, I, I didn't but, want you but, to. No, I know, but the uh, other competitors didn't have the same issues. I just think they're lousy at logistics when times are tough. So all these months went by. Did you contact at all during that yeah. time, or did they give you a window? Say, oh, it'll be a, a week to four months. There was a window, and the last window was it'll be second week in December. And yeah. I, I remember, I, I think you were with me. We were in store at the time, and remember, I made the comment: "It's so good. Maybe depending on COVID, you know, we can have a small group over because my apartment's yeah. pretty big. We can mm -hmm. we can all hang out at the dinner table. That would be nice because it was remember the round dinner table oh, that was supposed to yeah. come. All that it was a nice table. I mean, these are all like." BS problems, but you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So no. then, then in December though, it's like, oh, it'll be December, probably just after Christmas. Then it was like January 18th and then it went to February 9th. And then, then they said March and I was like, that's it. I'm out. And then you, I'm you, done. And you got all your money back. Oh yeah. You did. Yeah. But what's it? I mean, you're in that apartment with nothing. You have nothing. I have six. What, do you have a milk crate? I have six dining and a, chairs. And a folding chair. I have six dining chairs oh, because the right. the competition got me my chairs in thirty days. No, forty two days. Got to have a cable spool. You don't have the cable spool. Yeah, do you have the cable spool for? A <laughs> oh table? no, <laughs> no. The, the, it's it's sitting with the railroad ties in storage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's too bad. I. I it's got to suck. I mean, I would have thought you would have had. Yeah, I have something. an air. I have an air mattress and a coffee table, and it's, I've got it's like six a, dining do you have chairs. A futon or a papasan? No, no. <laughs> no. And Nothing. I've got in the office. I've got the table coming this week from somebody else that knows how to do logistics. My work table. So I have a work table and a stool. But I think you can say who gave you your chairs. That's fine. They won. Yeah, our house. Our house. A nice. R H O U S. Mm -hmm. Our house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were good. Probably just won them some business. They were great. All right, George, who do you got today? I am very excited. We have, I mean, this is a little bit of a, this is a great departure for us with all the different types of guests we have on. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. We've got um, Chris Wyant. He is the ultimate cartoonist and illustrator mm -hmm. straight out of New York, um, has done work, uh, cartoon, has done cartoons for The New Yorker. So our, our listeners are going to love that. Um, they've also been featured and syndicated. Uh, worldwide, been on the Today Show, Meet the Press. Oh, he's been on, yeah, and he, yeah. his work's been oh, on Playboy, oh. Playboy too. Oh, play Fernando, I like that. Oh, thank you. I, yeah. Okay. I did my research. I'll, I'll, we'll ask Chris about that. I, yeah. I, I neglected that. I should have figured you'd pick up on that. Um, World Playboy. News Tonight. Um, and then also various awards that we'll talk to. Um, his cartoons are in a permanent collection at the Whitney Museum and the Morgan Library in New wow. York City, which is pretty huge. That's huge. Yeah. And he is also a Neiman Fellow for our intellectuals out there, Julie. Um, and he's the second cartoonist to receive this honor in the history in the seventy-five year history. Seventy-five. That's seventy-five that's year history. Yeah. Cool. So we are excited, Chris. I hope I did you justice. Um, I hope you're still on the line and um, <laughs> welcome. We're excited to have you here at the uh, Curious George podcast. We're very honored. Welcome. Welcome. 
Well, thank you for having me, man. And uh, my mom would appreciate that that intro. It, you know, it's all lies, but thank you. Good. That's great. No, we love it. Um, so, Chris, <laughs> normally we, you know, we it's all about storytelling, and it inspires uh, current and future leaders. And and sometimes we start at the beginning. I'd like to kind of start with the, you know, how it's going, and then we'll do the how it started because yeah. I think how it started, how you pivoted, which I really want to ask about, but I don't want to spoil it for the guests yet. Let's start about right now, like. You know, we're, we're we're in the time that we're in. Um, just just what what like currently? What do you have going on, and and, and what's been happening in your world? Um, it's well, it's been I don't know about everybody else, but for me, it's been a crazy couple of years. Uh, I don't know if anyone's recognized. You know, maybe there's some things going on in the world that make me tired, like COVID mm-hmm. and 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 Trump administration. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, I, I just think it personally affects me and no one else. That's, that's the way I'm going to approach all. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been, um, it's been, it's been busy. I do, a, I have a couple different hats I wear as a cartoonist. So I'm like, uh, as a political cartoonist, I work for the globe and Boston globe. So, and that's going to be like exhausting because I have to read the news every day. This, you know, like a deep read of many newspapers and that's really, really tiring. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, then I have other things like the New Yorker magazine, which I do. And then I also am a children's book illustrator, which I have a new book coming out, which I'm going to plug. Oh, we are um, going to plug it now and we're going to plug it at the end of the show. Please. We, uh, it's called Husband Tallulah and uh, Take Sides. It's about a cat and a dog that uh, have to learn how to be friends when you don't have the same kind of opinion and uh, don't see the world the same way. So um, that's coming out, which is great. Um and so it's been it's been busy. That was written by my wife Anna Kang, which we can talk about a little bit too. Yes, she, I've got her on my list. Talented, very talented writer um, and future guest. And future guest. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, <laughs> um, but it's been busy. So I mean, times in times like these for for humorists, as you guys know, is is uh, it's a busy time. There's a lot I think to say, and I think everybody has something to you know. I have a lot to a lot of steam to blow off. And so it's been busy. It's been really, um, um, but it's been tiring. Like everybody getting up in the morning and then trying to find something in the energy just to get dressed. has been a yeah. little bit of a challenge. So, and then, uh, are, are you on the, the Twitter? Do you get a lot of, uh, feedback on Twitter and on your work or how does, I, how does that work? I, I do. I get less on Twitter. Twitter seems to swallow me. Twitter. I think you have to tweet a lot and yeah. I can barely keep up with like, somebody was just telling me of something else that just, you know, Oh, you gotta be on this. I'm like, Oh man, do I? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram cause it's visual. Yep. So like, it's a great place for cartoonists and i should be more on Twitter. I'm, I post, you know, probably once a day, but that's nothing for Twitter. So I do get a lot of lovely hate mail oh, through Instagram and Facebook, which is nice. Uh, and that's always a, a good way to start the day. <laughs> it's usually, I think it was on Christmas day. I woke up and opened, turned on my computer and just had this, this old lady just for, tearing into me. Oh my God. I thought it was kind of special. Do you respond to these people? I, some of them I do. And some of them are clearly, eh, you know, why open that door? You just want to yell at somebody. I could have been like the telephone pole you need to yell at or the car or the dog. (laughs) on the street. So I I think that's my purpose. You know, someone to vent at, you know, Chris, I I went through a bunch of your New Yorkers um, uh, on your Instagram and I also Googled some of them and the comedy writing is 
outstanding. It's so funny. And, I, you know, I, I, I read a bunch of them and I'm like, it was just like we, we talked to Mike Henry from Family Guy not too long ago. Yeah. He's the voice of Cleveland. And yeah. we talked to him about those. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show, but we talked about the cutaways they do. They're five seconds long and they're quick and they're super yeah. smart. And they, they did they make you laugh in that five second span. So w- with your writing and it's the same thing. You It's just usually a sentence or two and and the visual and it's perfect and then i realized you're bit, you're a comedy writer and I, I figured it out is because you were raised by a catholic father and a jewish mother okay. it's the perfect recipe <laughs> for right. comedy writing he's got them both yeah yeah it was like and having a hand i went to catholic school too for the entire oh, like like wow. the comedy in my family was that my parents thought this would be a great joke on me yeah to give me 12 years of schooling as I have to. That's, yeah. that's Catholic schooling in that's the 70s. So you know, that, that creates nothing, but, <laughs> nothing but pressure. So, so a, did, did you ever, was it something you, uh, comedy, was it something you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy? No, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't. There's a lot, we have, some of the New Yorker cartoonists are stand-up comics and we have a lot of, uh, have always come from the, like our, our authors and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, and then we have a lot of TV writers now, actually, uh, the, over the last 10 years or so, 20 years. Nice. Um, but uh, no, because it was like, I grew up in New Jersey and the idea of doing anything in a creative field was not, at the time I grew up, which is in the 70s and 80s, it wasn't, you didn't do that. you like, go get a real job, get some, make some money. The idea of doing this as a hobby, when I told my parents I was going to be a cartoonist, you know, they almost plots them and it was just... <laughs> <laughs> the worst, you know, and then years later, they're like, oh, okay. You know, at this yeah. point, you're not going to die. Well, it, that's a great segue. So speaking of that, from what I read, it was all about you becoming, you were going to go into law. Yeah. So your parents really must have plotted what it's like, oh, our son, the lawyer, he's going to be a lawyer. Oh my God. Yeah. Ba, ba, ba. Right. And now it's like, no. So yeah. where, yeah. how did you come to that decision? And from what I gather, you were going to go, you didn't go to law school. You were that was the plan though, right? That was the plan. That yeah. was the plan. All right. So I think we'd all love to hear like how you made that pivot. Yeah. I, I had, um, cause I was thinking about this, like when my first, like I had some, when I was growing up, I had unusual job choices in my head. Like I was, I was the second shortest kid in my class for like most of my early school years. Okay. I went to, to variety of schools. So no matter what school we moved to, what, no matter which school I went to, I was always like the second uh, shortest, which is considered a blessing because you're not the first shortest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's always some schmuck who's going to be a little bit. But anyway, uh, so I, in my brilliance, I thought literally that, oh, well, I'm never going to grow. So I should probably start taking riding lessons to learn how to be a jockey. And like that was actually my first. And then later moved on to thinking maybe I'll be a ventriloquist. Oh, and, no. and then I know this is, and this is where you see the cartoonist later go, yeah, it's another stupid choice. So then, um, then finally, yeah, I got, I just got into uh, international politics and law and I really loved it. And it's great. And like, you know, the study of law is super exciting. And yeah, for me, and, uh, and I just thought from early on that this is, this is uh, like maybe high school all the way through college really thought that was going to be it. Um, and then I changed, I pivoted because I had, um, I met a bunch of lawyers who weren't happy with their jobs. And, um, and I know a lot, bunch of lot, now I know a lot of lawyers who are happy with their jobs as well, but, um, I got an internship. My stepdad got me an internship in New Jersey with a guy called Nick Bissell. And he was the prosecutor for Somerset County, which is one of our biggest counties. Yeah, in Jersey. Yep. 
height. And so in the 80s, if you ever look up this guy, you got Google Nick Bissell. So Nick Bissell was the, he was Chris Christie before Chris Christie, mm. right? He's this, this morbidly obese guy who's full of power and full of something. Um, yeah. Just, and he was a, he was the guy who was busting drug. He had a drug bust, like huge. The guy, you know, when they lay out all the drugs on the table, like in Florida. Yeah. So he's doing lots of those. And it turns oh, out. Kind of like Canon. Yeah. And I remember I went to the same. So this was a big deal for me to get the clerk, you know, to, to, to get an internship with. Like, this is it. He's a prosecutor. Oh my God. And I go in there and, and, and you know, this is 1984. And I go in and I sit down in front of him, in front of the prosecutor's desk. It's just me and him and this other guy who uh, I'll be working with. And he says, I got my tie and jacket. You know, I'm still in school, uh, college. And, and he says, uh, so uh, do you, know, you, you need to know where the ladies' room is? And I'm like, I'm sorry? He's like, well, you might want to use the ladies' room. Uh-oh. And, I'm, and I'm like, what the? I had my, an earring in my ear. Oh, my God. And he's making this totally... <laughs> a homophobic horrible joke and this is my first meeting with like the great nick bissell and so like it went down and i worked for him for the whole summer and i was so the whole like, summer you made it wow did you get yeah, rid of the earring what are you gonna do yeah that's a good question Wait. did you get rid of the earring or did you keep it no oh, yeah i had to take it right out oh and wow like um and so then in the end the, you know this is like you know the big deal and you know an earring uh and then he ended up uh, stealing money from gas stations that he owned. I guess, he, and then he ended up uh, getting caught and running down to Atlantic City or Vegas, and they, he killed himself in a hotel room. <laughs> Classic Jersey, ugly Jersey <laughs> politics. Wow. And I'm like, you know, maybe maybe law is not for me. Maybe it's not the. Yeah, it's like I'll, I'll take the ladies' room over that any day. Yeah, I'll right. tell you that. Yeah, yeah. and it was a good choice. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful to Nick for kind of getting me a little bit thrown off because what happened was um i i, I ended up feeling like i this was not something i was good at you know i i've met a lot of great lawyers and and uh i don't have those skills right at all so all right so that happens with nick so as soon as that summer's over what what was your next step so after the yes yeah, so then i was lost i was completely in the okay weeds. let's dive into that me, like years of and this is where we're talking about my friend julie we i even done went down to washington I, I, during school when i was in university and did separate sem semester down there because i thought maybe i'd become a lawyer and become a political con consultant that was my actually my goal yeah. and uh at that time political consulting wasn't as lucrative as now i think i kind of missed the boat that. so, <laughs> yeah that, that's a boat that's okay to miss yeah you're like oh oh everybody's one now man. oh okay yeah everybody's um, one now i'm, I'm gonna be one <laughs> exactly it's like oh there's and they're just throwing money at you it's like plastics yeah, yeah. anyway plastics. um so so uh, i i was totally lost and my poor parents i went I, I was living at home for the summer uh the berlin wall came down i went over to go see what's going on to go do that for a little bit i came back and applied for uh a job at the council on foreign relations which is a think tank a really great think tank foreign yeah. policy and i got it i was lucky wow and it was just a really entry-level position and i stayed there for for a long time I became the um advertising uh manager for um foreign affairs magazine and it was great that was a great job got it so you so, did all right so that started the the so the advertising that started the the cartoon illustration all that well, no, cartooning, yeah. the political cartoons. Cartooning, yeah. Great. Yeah. So, I mean, so the, again, it was still like cartooning is a thing you do, you know, it's like it's, cartooning for me. I mean, I had always been doing cartooning and painting in yeah. college and cartooning when I was a kid. And 
you know, you get in a lot of trouble in, in, in Catholic school if you're for doodling in the margins, which I was, you know, had a million detentions for. <laughs> it's not the kind of thing, though, you go and have a job. It just wasn't like, if I told my parents I was going to be a, comp, a stand-up comic, they know Jay, you know, they knew Johnny, they knew Jay Leno, they yeah. could get that. This right. was not, and my dad did cartooning for the Intrepid, like, which is the boat, the ship in the New York Harbor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, it's not totally out of, but somehow I think it's just too much of a parent's worry. So I, um, uh, it never was on my radar right. ever as, as a profession. I was just, you know, and then I got to advertising and I did really well there and I was, you know, 27 and doing you know, an advertising executive and the council is all about international politics. And you meet, you know, you met Dalai Lama and Gorbachev and, and like, it was wow. super cool. Yeah. That's it was cool. the greatest place. If you like that stuff, it was like, it's like, you know, it's just like a hall of fame of international politics. So illustrating wasn't on your radar at all. Right. But you grew up with a dad who was a cartoonist. Your, your grandma was a fashion illustrator in the twenties right. and your right. mom was an interior yeah. decorator. So there's all kinds of, artistic juices in the family. I, I feel like it trickled down to you, but they weren't pushing you to do it. No, no, no. but you really did your research. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, it's, they're all, they're like, it was, it was they were very encouraging of it. So okay. my parents always bought me like art supplies and stuff, right? Okay. Like, I think anyone who does anything you, you, at home, there is an environment that has, that creates that interest or welcomes it. I think it's just when it becomes a profession and it's different now, like with graphic novels and so forth. It was cartoons then were like, you got a comic strip, you know, and outside of that, mm-hmm. what else is there? Right. Animation, like, you know, there's so many more adventures of being animation is a great career path. Sure. And, but there was, you'd be, you'd be working for Disney or like, you know, there, it just wasn't the same market as it is now. So, uh, and the New Yorker magazine was completely off of, cause that just seemed to exist in another universe, you know, the, the, the crossing the river to yeah. New York which we did, you know, was a big part of my, my childhood. Um, but the going into New Yorker just seemed, how could that possibly happen? So how did that possibly happen? Well, um, so I started cartooning when I was an executive at, at, when I was doing advertising, um, I was so bored that that was a great sign. The the best way to get into arts field, you find that you've done well in your field and then you're really just bored every day, you know, and it's interesting in a lot of ways, but then, um, my brother's working on a newspaper in upstate New York, and he said they have a position for a, it's a local paper in North County News, in northern Westchester. And he said, hey, they're doing a, they're looking for a cartoonist. So if you want to factor stuff in without like your signature, just change your name a bit um, and you can put them in with the, the bunch. And so I did. And they said, great. And I think I did that for like once a week for free or for five dollars. And I love that so much more than my regular life <laughs> that I decided I should give this a shot. Yeah. So that's what, that's actually what made me make the jump. I decided, okay, I'm in advertising. I can always go back to advertising. Right. That's your safety I, school. You built a really nice safety school. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm sad. I mean, advertising is not going to go anywhere. And so I am like, and I'm, I'm young and stupid. And so I'm like, this is great. And, um, I decided I didn't want to be a starving artist. So I like, I saved money for a whole year and, yeah, uh, we've heard the story and, before. It's great. Yeah. Right? And you just, you just pile away. It helps your focus. And then yeah, I think it gives you time to make the jump. And then I knew I had Cobra insurance, health insurance for 18 months. Yep. That would, that was my window. So I'm going to quit 18 months. I will revisit and see how that, that works. And so that's what I did. Then I made the, I made the jump. And, um, I, I remember 
the secretary of the of Les Gelb, who's the president of the council, said when she heard that I was quitting to become a cartoonist, she said, "That's like me saying I'm quitting to become a cabaret dancer." Right. And all I'm thinking is, well, well, why well, not? That's you, a, that'd, be pretty, that'd be pretty cool. Then what you doing? <laughs> yeah, but was she in dance like, at all? Right, like what? cabaret dancer. Easy. Yeah. I, I almost would take that as an insult, though, because you, at least you had the background to go yeah. be a cartoonist. Where it's like, did she have the background to be a no. cabaret dancer? Lola. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So I in a way, it. it's an insult. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, yeah. But you know, one thing I just want to focus on, and we'll and I'll talk about it at the end in my wrap up, though. But what I love is again, you know, we've seen this from some of our most successful guests, and now including you, where you know you you consciously saved up the money. You created this window. You knew the window you wanted to go through, but you had to save up your money. You created this window to jump through, knowing that, hey, this is going to last me. You know, in some cases, we had one guess that it lasted two years, in your case, 18 months. But this is your window to make the jump. I've got my health insurance. I got some money saved. I'm going to, I'm going to go do this. You know, we had a, we had a really famous film editor on, did the same thing, just saved up his money and was like, okay, now I can take jobs pro bono or for almost nothing, but I'm going to get experience and make the contacts and, and, and try to make my mark. And he got an Oscar. And he got an Oscar eventually. <laughs> so, you know, you know, here here we are, and and I think in today's world, and again, we don't have to go down this road too far because that's a whole other topic. But kids these days, you know, it's like the kids these days. Seriously, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go on Instagram. Maybe I'll make some money. Maybe I'll be an influencer. Maybe I'll be. It's like, no, 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 no. You got to get a job. Yeah, you got to go get like a, a tactile job somewhere. I think save yeah. up a little cash, and then and then. Go for that. Go, you know, take the time to build a following if you want to do Instagram or if you want to be a consultant like I did. I saved up my money and took a couple of years and just did that. Um, I, I really love that. And I, I'm glad you uh, you made a point in telling us that because yeah. Yeah, honestly, today, do you, I don't I don't see it as much. I just see people that like they just want to make a certain salary or they expect a certain title. I'm like, well, what what experience do you have to do yeah. that? <laughs> and 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 when I quit. Like when I quit the, I, you know, I quit, I had savings, but I also tempt, like I, I yeah. worked as a cater waiter for mafia weddings, like <laughs> in the, in the puck building. That this is, is like, awesome. It was, it was pretty awesome. Like later I was like, I'm really grateful for the content. <laughs> hey, Paulie, I'm talking here. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. There's always like, there's this, you know, I remember this coming back. There's one lady like, oh, do you get the shrimps? Come yeah, here, the shrimps. Shrimps I'm gonna I got to tell you, Chris, irregardless of all this, please <laughs> continue. Yeah. So, so, uh, but I did, you know, and then I ended up, I even worked at Bear Stearns, you know, the defunct, uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tied laces of the financial market <laughs> that made everything trip and fall down. That's yeah. the, I like to think I had a little part of maybe, you know, like, um, <laughs> but I would, you would do anything. And when I, I have two daughters, and I do notice that with like our younger generation, that they are, in their summers, some of them work to some degree, but you can babysit or whatever, but you're also going to take courses and same with, you know, kids are coming out of college. You can do some things like that. It's a different sort of world than I grew up with, which is you were working. I've been working since I was 13. Yep, like there's same always year. a job and there were always the worst jobs. I mean, these are like the grimiest and that, you know, bus, you know, below bus boy, you're the guy who's just cleaning things in restaurants and hoping to get through the weekend. You just make some money so you can buy a pair of speakers and, you know, like that kind of life. Uh, and it was great because everything you do is easier and than those jobs. And then also, you know, to like kind of put your ego down and go do the hard work while you're waiting for the bigger work to come. 
Yeah. You know, and so yeah. that was I, when I, so I don't want to seem like, well, I just quit and I just, I didn't just live off my money. I really made it stretch by supplementing. Sure. With whatever else. Yeah. I you could kept do. active. It's not like you took a siesta. Yeah. yeah trying yeah. to find especially, yourself like so many people yeah, try to do. Cartooning. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, it's like also, well, that's the first thing because you're, you're terrified. You're just going to like, you know, wake up the, the day after you quit and, you know, like blow all your money on a trip to Greece or whatever, which I <laughs> No, my, my dad made a joke about that once. He goes, yeah, this guy, this friend of mine, his daughter keeps saying, oh, she's trying to find herself. He's like, well, find yourself because your father can find you. He knows where to send the check every month. Yeah, right. I'm like, all right. Yeah, whatever. That's great. Um, That's so, all right. So you, you make the jump to New York. You're at the New Yorker. What was that? Uh, and, and I feel like I should know this. So apologies. But what was the what was your breakout? What was the what was the cartoon? You know, everybody has that moment. You can call it the aha moment. You already had your aha moment because you knew what you wanted to get into. But what was that that tipping point? What was that moment? What was that tipping point cartoon? Or was mm. it even a cartoon? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, or was it a culmination? Maybe. Yeah, you know the the because the world of cartooning, it's kind of like in like in stand up. I mean, in, I, I guess in maybe in stand up, you can have a great set or a set that gets you to some someplace else. You're getting into the with cartooning, you're you're really just doing it joke by joke, right? So you're selling. I'm, I, I submit to the cart to the New Yorker about ten cartoons a week. I've been doing that, I think, with only two weeks off. Wow! Um, every week, I have boxes and boxes of rejects, as do all the other cartoonists. And so, out of you know what you might sell at a batch of ten, you probably maybe three weeks you'll sell one. So it's thirty, you know, twenty nine rejected cartoons. You know, not all brilliant, but. Um, Wow, that feeling of making it never hits, mm -hmm. which probably is a good thing. Yeah, uh, in some ways because you just keep it, it. It weeds out those who are just sort of like, "Oh, this is fun. I'll be a cartoonist." Yeah, which is great, but it's just, this is about something else inside you that needs that you need to have. You want to express yourself this way and get others to laugh and or look at the world or the pathos of your life or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, I think that the the first cartoon I got in. Yeah, I think, and for everybody, it's like you're special because it, it's, it was, I, I started, I submitted once under Lee Lawrence and I was working at Bear Stearns. I was doing temping at Bear Stearns and uh, I would ask for my lunch break and I'd run over from Bear Stearns on Park Avenue over to the old New Yorker offices on 42nd yeah. Street, like drive there sweaty have my meeting early <laughs> with nobody but me and this the cartoonist William Hamilton who never said a word. Uh, he's just too shy. And uh, and then I'd have my meeting and then I'd run back and i never eat. So that would yeah. be every Tuesday I wouldn't eat lunch. That's like and a like movie that, almost. Yeah, it's kind of like Michael I can, J. Fox. I can see the movie. Success. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Like Michael J. Fox. I was, I was as good looking as him and as personable. Yeah. And um, <laughs> but it was like that was your thing. And then I, and eventually I got one. I they he said Leo Lawrence had great stuff and like uh, but keep submitting. And I'm like, oh. That was it. That was my whole shot. That's all I had. Like I had those cartoons and they were all already published anyway. Right. It, and finally they changed editors and Bob Mankoff came in and I it took me a whole year to get another batch together and I submitted with him and then I sold my first one. Okay. Uh, which, uh, which one uh, is that? Uh, it's, uh, it's a Prozac cartoon. It's, it's about, <laughs> it was actually about my, father, my family in the holidays and it's about a gigantic jug of Prozac and it says now in holiday strength. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was, awesome. <laughs> so that's my first cartoon, which I keep on my wall. It's actually back here. So, um, you know, Chris, uh, let's. I, I think we missed a part here when we're talking about how you know when you, you went to school for law and then 
Okay, yeah. he's, he's an artist. Did you have any formal training? Like you went to Gettysburg College, which isn't right. known for arts, I'm sure. Um, but I'm sure you took some courses there. But did you have any formal training before that? Or are you self-taught? I'm, I'm pretty much self-taught. I mean, wow. I mean, if you look at my work, you you, you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, no. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think with... I think, it's outstanding. I think with, I think with like, a, I, in Gettysburg, I, I took one cartoon class. Um uh, my dad actually got me had a he was friends now this is this is odd so he was friends with a political cartoonist for the bergen record which is the bergen county northern new jersey major newspaper and they went to school together so he was teaching a course in cartooning and i went to that but it was mostly grown-ups and i was like 10 or 11 and because i did cartoon a lot as a kid and so i guess my, my folks were like sure let's go you know do that and the course wasn't that great and then i kept running away because they were doing nudes in the in the next room and i would walk by the door like me and this other kid we just kept walking past the nudes until they realized now they have to put up a scrim because we're creepo yeah. uh, that was my memory of, of that cartoon class i didn't learn much except for well i guess i did i learned a lot actually. yeah yeah uh, it turns out um but uh there wasn't much instruction I, when i was in gettysburg i did take painting courses and studio art when i was there i had trouble getting into the art department because I was political, political science and economics. And then, and the only thing I could show them was cartooning um, for t-shirts and other cartoons I had done. And they didn't value that enough to get in, in, into intro to drawing. I couldn't get into intro to drawing with drawings. That's wow. how low cartooning was kind of like. Seen wow. Yeah. It really sucked. I was really, and I finally had somebody like, who was there an art major pull up a good friend of mine, pull up strings for me and say, please, you got to get them in. And then once you're in, you you can take other courses, but, um, yeah, so that was it. That yeah. was it. I mean, I used to paint, you know, I, I, when I was in advertising, I'd run downtown and paint like on Varick street and like on the basement, you yep. pay $5 and stay for an hour and paint. paint stuff. And that was fun. <laughs> Those but, are the days. How, how many artists are there at the New Yorker? Is it just you or they're more than it's just me? Just you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Um, we have, there used to be about a stable 30 and we have a new editor, uh, uh, Emma, who's come in and with that, she's brought, they've really expanded the, the, the base of, of cartoonists. I think she's had 60 in the two years she's been there, three years. So we have a lot more cartoonists. Many of them are very, very new. Uh, some of them are really, really talented. Some have never cartooned before. Um, and there are better at long form. And so there's a, it's a, it's a, I would guess now it may be, I don't even know the number. So maybe, 70 but of which how many of them are doing uh, full-time cartooning there's not sadly i don't think full-time cartoonists there's as many um but there's a lot of new talent yeah. that's good to up. hear that there's new talent because you figure everybody yeah. now is just trying to get like the hottest post on instagram they're sure. not trying to do like uh that family guy episode for pete's sake yeah. where, peter, <laughs> <laughs> where peter did the crazy cartoon you know exactly. i mean Chris, you know? earlier he sold himself short. He goes, you can tell by my drawings that I, they're, but I know those drawings. I don't even I know read these, the New Yorker, you know, ever, but I know the style. I know the style yeah. because I've seen the illustrations yep. before. So yeah. your style is eye catching. You put them up in homes. These yeah, are residents. Yeah. Good. You'd put this, you would put this, I'd put this up in my house. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Well, there's nothing in there. That's the thing. You You're know, welcome. You you know, you don't have a table yet. When you get a table, I know. Like, I know. I'm like, yeah, here I am like talking about art and yeah. 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 Nothing else there. Maybe yeah. I can just make a museum. If you need daily affirmation, you call us. We yeah. got it for you. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> um, so let, let's jump. So you meet your very talented wife and celebrated author, Anna Kang. Yep. You guys get married. 
where did and 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 let me just tell you folks um the their fir- the first book the i think of the first book you guys did together was you are not small which was a number one bestseller that was in 2014 i believe or 2012 no yeah 2014 yeah i got it so you are not small number one bestseller um you did this with how did you and anna get to this uh how did you get to this point where did where did the the did did she come up with the stories and you're like hey i can do that or like how did this all come about because the series um we'll get to that in a minute as you talk about it but it's been super successful you guys have had what six seven books now yeah, six. Uh, we're, we're, I'm working on the six, yeah. actually presently for that for that series, and then we have um, others as well. Um, yeah, the uh, Anna had been after me for ages to to do a, um, a, a children's book, and there's a long history of New Yorker cartoons who do children's illustration. You know, James Stevenson and yep. Arno, and and there's a bunch of us, and so uh, it's always it was just kind of part of that world that we live in, and and. and I've always felt like children's books is kind of like the first art gallery when you're a kid, you know, it's when you spend a lot of time looking at these great, this great art and um, I, something I always wanted to do, but I was working for the Hill, which is a newspaper. I was a political yeah. cartoonist for the Hill in DC and I was doing four or five cartoons a week, plus my 10 for the New Yorker, you know, and the other stuff. And, and that's so where I your, never, yeah, that's where your stuff was on probably today's show, meet the press world news tonight. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's all that's coming from there, from there. And then, yep. uh, uh, Anna, when I left to go, uh, to be a cartoonist shortly thereafter, Anna, who I met at the council, she, uh, went to, got into USC film school. She was really interested in, in making films and documentaries. And so she went to USC and, um, we were, we kind of dated separately for a while by coastally. And then I moved to LA, um, was still wild doing my cartoons. And then, um, in 2000, I guess it was 2013, I was, um, yeah, it was 2013. I was laid off from the Hill. So the basically the owner of the Hill, I guess, was doing cost cutting. And so I got rid of me and they got rid of the publisher. We were all the expensive people. Yep. And uh, and then eventually even my editor uh, in chief. And then um, so they kind of swept house. And then I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? And Anna's like, this is this is it. This is the time we've been looking for. You know, you, you wanted to do it. So she had, had a story that she wrote. She wrote a couple others. And um, I talked to had a meeting with Holly McGee uh, from Pippin Properties, uh, who's a, now our agent. And so I was hoping to get an agent and we met with her and showed her some stuff. You and Not Small was the the throwaway. You know, you did, we had four really good stories that she wrote and one that was a throwaway. And of course, of course. Like, that's yeah, how it, yeah. And it was totally, that was, it was real, it was completely cinematic. It was like, she's like, oh no, that's the one. I did some sketches. She's like, those are the sketches. We sold it. it and then it just kind of took off from there. It was just really, um, uh, uh, it was just a fun book. It was just a great book. And then well, I went through a series. Yeah. And then, and then you went to the series. So the theme of it, which I think ties into kind of what we do as adults, but for kids, it's like, how do you engage? How do you get along with others that are different? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a, it's, it's, and it doesn't do it in a way that's too pandering. I think it's just, you, basically you guys are trying to find, like, find your harmony, right? You're trying to harmonize. That's right. what I get from the series. That's right. That's great. That's a great way of looking at it. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I think it was for Anna, these, and I didn't write these books. These are all, all Anna's creations yep. and we work together on it. But um, for you and not small is it, is it great because it's seen as uh, is this really deft little book where it's, it's only 88 words yep. and it's it's kind of like a, about a book about size right but it really for her it was a lot about being uh she's korean american and being in the in in america and let you know things look 
what looks different to us. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks different to them. And so who your people are, it's just a matter of perspective and it's about yeah. size and how you, how you can just start to see people differently and, and recognize that we don't have one answer. Um, and so it really was this great allegorical book, which I just loved. And, and, uh, and in the, in the end, it just, it's just a nice children's book. It's just a fun read. So, so out of those, so you're working, there's another book in the series that you guys are working on now. And then Hudson and Tallulah is a different, that's a different, that's different. Right. So you've got another book yeah. coming out in the, you are not small series. And if you go guys, I mean, if you go on Amazon, you can check it out. It's, it's pretty amazing. And, but there's also a book called the racer, correct? Yes. Yeah. That's and my great. wife actually has read that to her classroom. So, Oh really? Yeah. There yep. you go. Yep. That's, that's great. I yeah. love that. Yep. That makes me, that makes, that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. She I hadn't guess, heard uh, of the, 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 you are not small books. She hadn't heard of those, but she's heard of Eraser. So she will be getting the, you are not small books. So. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. It's those fun, you know, the fun from all the work I do is, you know, is, uh, for adults is really fun. Like whether I'm, I'm really, really lucky because I get to, do the political cartoon stuff, which is kind of the way I like to approach it, is kind of heavier hitting. And then the New Yorker stuff, which is, you know, I like to mine pathos, which is for that's my particular breed of cartoon, the, the humor and suffering. Sure. And then you have the stuff for kids and it's just like the, the stuff for kids is where like they're learning to read, like they read off your book. That's the one that ignited their reading. And then, and it's just, that's uh, gotta feel great. <laughs> What a it's legacy. Really yeah. It really it was like makes me feel like a better person. What, well, yeah. Not only that, Almost. though, it's just like how to handle like, you, you know, if, if if kids read these books, it's like you just learn how to handle things for the future. Right. Like you're learning how to engage. Yeah. People are going to be different. Kids are going to look different. Um you know, you're going to have different neighbors. And as time goes on, I mean, please, you're going to, you're, you're going to have kids that are blended races and everybody's, people are going to look different. You know, you have kids that have certain, you know, disabilities, maybe some can't hear, some can't see and how kids deal with that instead of doing what they would have done in the past. Yeah. It's like, what a legacy to leave. Oh, I, definitely. I just, I, I like the way the series is, like I said, it just, it, it, it harmonizes differences. I just, I love the way that comes across. So with a yeah. book like You Are Not Small, like how long does it take to create the characters yeah, what's for the how process? Many thumbnails and stuff? Like I always I, I read that Walt Disney, he um when he created Mickey Mouse, he used circles because circles were appealing to kids. It, it was uh, <laughs> something about the circles that kids liked. When you create for your your books, are you thinking of things that are going to be appealing to kids like the colors or the shapes you're using? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um we for You Are Not Small specifically, we wanted to create Anna had the idea that she wanted to make sure it's also gender neutral, you know, just mm -hmm. in, just in general. So we don't have to assign a gender. So like it was, yeah. and it's tricky to write where you don't say someone's name. Right. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, when, so she had an idea for like some, some sort of like robotic kind of creator. And, and, and this is like, again, I like, well, I, I don't know how to draw that. I try to draw and I might, my skill only went so far, <laughs> but I'm like, I can draw something that's furry and fuzzy and warm. And so, yeah, I designed them so that they could be um, actually they're both the shape of an egg because that the egg shape is very appealing to the eye. So yep. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see if I can do that. And so the basic shape is like an egg. And I thought and I'm like, oh, that's really smart. And then I'm like, but I really want them to be furry and tactile since there's so few words that you can really feel close to them. And I because it's my first book. I, it takes like a, like hundreds and hundreds of strokes of a pen brush strokes. It's just such a stupid thing to do yeah. because now I'm locked into like, it's just, I'm talking 
tens of thousands of brushstrokes per book to get them to give that look of like lots of fur on them. And so every time I'm done, I'm like, oh man, you know, wow. what were you thinking? Um, but yeah, we did, we chose, so we did some things I thought out well and other ones, and then they were, you know, they're opposite. They look, the, the characters have to look to the viewer. We know that they're the same. They're just different in size. They're almost identical. They just have different color. And so again, the mess, re, repeating the, the theme of, are they really so different yeah, or not? Yeah. So what, you know, what, what, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of advice you could give, but cause I know there's a lot of people listening and I know a few people in particular that are trying to kind of break in. They have ideas, they're illustrating their books. And now there's like, you know, there's the small published, you know, publishizer is one, one company. I think that you can just apply online. They talk to you and then they do a campaign to get your book. I mean, with, with the way of publishing, what's, what's the way to go now? Do you still go to the big publishers? Do you go to the small independents? Some of these online things, I think it's just, they try to raise money like a Kickstarter for you. I mean, I don't know how well that works, but, um, I'm just curious, you know, since you've been through the process and I know a lot of the listeners would be curious about that too. Like, like what's yeah. the, once you have the concept, maybe you've drawn out a few things like, where do you go? I think if you're the, if you're the author and illustrator, that's good. What I do get, uh, I get a lot of questions just on this week where somebody's like, you know, would like to hire me because they're writing a script. And the thing I didn't realize, which I, I, I can pass along. One of the things is, is that if, uh, if you're going to a publishing house, they don't want you to come with the illustrator. If you've written a, a script, if you've written a story, don't go and try to spend the money to go hire uh, an illustrator. I've heard a lot of people approach me and others just about like, well, how much should I spend? I'm like, don't spend anything. Cause what the, the editors want to do is if they like your story, they want to assign one of the artists that they like to it. And they, if they don't like the artist they, and they like your script, they'll reject the whole package. Hmm. So don't do that and <laughs> save yourself the money and heartbreak. Just the best thing to do is I think the, um, is if you go to all the publishing houses, uh, look at the websites, look if they have something similar to what you're, what you're, you know, the story that you're doing or something that you think would fit in, in with their roster, like basically do your research like anything, right? So go to their websites and check it out. And then also they'll have submission, really great, very clear submission um, rules and follow them. They say, if you do not follow them, like if it's not a word document, it's not double spaced, they'll just ignore it. They'll, you know, it's, it's you're gonna be a bit of a problem. So mm -hmm. they're gonna let it go follow the, their submission rules, yep. follow up. Um, they do look at those piles. They actually do. And same with agents. They'll do the same. They will. Yeah. And so uh, you do get a lot of backing. I mean, the benefit of being able, it's a very solitary career. So having it, having some of these really talented editors or art editors, um, uh, uh, designers, they really do help a lot in terms yeah. of making it the best and, and, and just helping you know where to go. It's a, it's, it's a big benefit. Um, the ones who I like, I got an email this morning from, from two guys who two different groups that were looking to like, would you like to publish your book? And I'm like, it just feels like a scam. Like, yeah. Cause yeah, there's all that yeah. self publishing now and self. yeah, I, I still feel there's a, there's a, and I like the way you just, just put it. There's, there's a way in between, right? It's not, you don't have to go to the big houses. You don't have to go yeah. to the tiny independence, but there's a way to like, almost like a hybrid, right? You just, you meet the right contacts. They hook you up with the right people. You find the right talent to help refine. Cause no matter what idea you have, there's, there's a certain amount of refinement that you need to go out bigger right. into the world. Um, you don't think there is, but when you get there, then you're like, oh yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and, it's, and it's really, and there's also the, you know, the thing that if someone's writing or, or an illustrator, you know, if you're an illustrator, you want to send in your work as well. And I think a, a PDF form or whatever they want. But again, it's just like, why not you? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, 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 you know, you know what I mean? Like why? And I think that's what stops a lot of people like, well, I, I, why not you? And then if it doesn't happen, if you've hit everybody and you can always come back and hit them again, 
for if there are a lot of self-publishing options and then you just kind of define what's my goal. Do I want to sell? I want to make my money back. That's great. I think that's a great goal. You know, if I just want to get it out there, you know, that's a great goal. There's, you don't necessarily have to have uh, a big, a big house behind you uh, to sell. And then some people sell online, you know, like through, either through Amazon's direct website. Sure. Uh, Well, you know, so you can, you can find a way if you really want it. I think. I'm curious, what were your, uh, what were your favorite comic strips growing up in the Sunday paper? Good one. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, of course, you know, Calvin Hobbes, right. And you know, like everybody, I guess we don't even have to say it anymore. <laughs> so, um, watching, watching them come out live was great. Um, mm. I like, I like Dondi. I don't know if you remember Dondi. No. Dondi. No. Oh, that's a great, it's a weird, it was we just don't get the, we, we got the kid, yeah. pupil kind of thing. Never saw and, it. I um uh I like for better for worse. I okay. love Wizard of Vid. Wizard of Vid, yep. That I remember that. One. Yep. Yeah, I Charlie I mean obviously Peanuts. Peanuts Peanut, was of just course. Yeah. Like Johnny Carson was like I yeah, by the time I got into it, it was half funny, but I love the animation and you know, his uh and it's just comforting and the drawing is so phenomenal. it taught us I think how to see comics. I, I liked um Windsor Mc, McKay from Don't the back know of the third is, what about Hagar the Horrible? Hagar was great. Hagar oh, yeah, Hagar the Horrible, yeah. yeah. Hagar the Horrible, High and Lois. High and Lois, yeah. Prince Valiant. You know, yeah. Remember Prince that Valiant. one? It was like yeah. two panels. I never watched. Well, I never yeah. read that. Apartment 3G. Yeah. <laughs> BC. I don't know who's like really getting into those. Um, yeah, I liked uh, their uh, Funky Winklebean was a, was a great one. And, and of course, Doonesbury. Doonesbury, Doonesbury was yeah. Great. I mean, come on. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask that, or uh, was it uh, Bloom, 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 Bloom County. County, Bloom County, County. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when Bloom County came out, and it was just like it was, it was great because it was so irreverent. Awesome. It was just a lighter, more you know, funnier version of uh, a different kind of version than than Dinsburg. It was great. Yeah. Oh, completely. Great question. I love that. Um, so Hudson and Tallulah take sides. Another another one by you and Anna, right? Yes. Yep. And so this. Uh, what was the creative, when did you guys think this up and um, when can we look forward to it? Uh, it comes out on May 20, no, May 1st of this year. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just coming. So yes, yeah, so in, in the spring. And then, um, yeah, Anna wrote this, she was kicking it around for a while, but I think she wrote it, started looking at it maybe four, about probably four years ago. And, you know, I mean, obviously it, it's, the timing of it is, is, is great now. It really oh, was yeah. about the, what was going on in the country. And at that point, it was so much less about like, how do we talk to each other when we think, see things so different? Right. And and that's actually a big part of also just being in school. Like, you know, the, the, you, having kids in school, you recognize, especially in the early years, you know, teachers are, are there to, to help the kids not only learn, but also to get them to, you know, tolerate kids from some, the kid next to you who's sometimes a little hyper and this one does that. And you know, who knows what's going on at home. And you got to learn how to navigate that. And yep. they're stuck with each other side by side. Yep. Yep. COVID, and, you know, bullies <laughs> on the playground, bullies non-bullies, on- whatever. It's, it's, um, it's like, what it's, I think sometimes the grownups forget how to have those lessons. So, so it kind of explores what, is, what do you do with a cat and dog where they just see everything, the same same inputs. You just see them differently. Right. And, and, and especially now, I mean, look, with the onslaught of cyberbullying and it's just, it's, you know, I, again, I'm going to sound like a really old man right now, but it's just things, <laughs> things around, uh, seriously, in the U.S., all over the world with social media, it's just, it's become too convenient. It's too convenient to just like 
put something out there and ruin someone's reputation or, oh, I found this old photo and look, and then people start digging through the archives or it's too convenient to call somebody a name and, you know, on Twitter and just hide behind a photo of like Porky Pig or something and be like, <laughs> like I'm the angry Porky Pig coming after yeah. you. Like it's crazy. And people, and, they, and then, Porky and then kids, pig. I know. And then kids are like on Facebook or like yeah, bullying like nice other book. kids, you know? Um, and then, yeah. and then, unfortunately, you have this higher rate of suicide right now with with youth, and yeah. uh, you know. So th- again, this type of work and and body of work is so important to to honestly respecting people's differences. How do you get along? And again, it's that that harmony piece again. And and again, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to learn how to respect it and realize that you don't have to come after somebody because it's different. You know, right, right. I love that. So I I'd love to just say that. And again, you guys will have your launch plans. Here's the future guest thing. The week before the book launches or the week of the book launch, depending you guys let me know. We'll we'll have Chris and Anna on. And we'll do uh, like the we'll do like there. the we'll that'd do the great. we'll do the podcast book launch. Yeah, no, that that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting into like, yeah, book launches, celebrity birth we're doing a celebrity celebrity birthday roast in a couple of weeks. So we <laughs> we, we want to do these 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 moments, these monument monumental moments. So yeah, no, that's we great. will we will i I will email you and I will book you for this. This is great. Yeah. Love talk, it. We'll talk closely about it. Okay. Yeah. No, this, this would be great. So my last question, and I like to ask this of certain guests, if, if, uh, your biography was coming out tomorrow and you had somebody else writing your biography, well, obviously it's not an autobiography. So yeah, someone else writing your biography (laughs) and, uh, and, uh, Julie's going to get me for that one. Um, is there anything you would like rewritten? If you, so if you could change anything, is there anything, and maybe not, but is there anything you would rewrite? Maybe you've done something sooner, tweaked something a little differently. Oh, that's great. Uh, Take your time. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer. I've done some really stupid things and I've done a lot of things I've like regretted. Um, but I, you know, nothing like a crime or anything. No. Like, publish like well everything's content you know so it's like yeah so but it's like uh no but i i think i really believe like i i firmly believe in i you do remember there's that 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 there was that book called the the the, the tao of Pooh. yeah about when you right okay and i like got me into taoism and and okay and i just finally came made the connection that like we if you, if we are we are where we are and you're okay with it then i needed all of that stuff to happen in order yep to be here. Do you know what I mean? So I would like to think I'd, I, if maybe I jumped on this career sooner, or maybe I could have gone, I would have even loved to have been in animation or I'd love to just be cartooning sooner, but then I maybe I wasn't ready. Right. So, yeah. you know, or, uh, you know, could I, I had my kids laid having you, you always wait, should I have them younger? Uh, <laughs> so then I go, it, nah. it had to work out this way. I, I'm not smart enough to figure out how to make it all work. Listen, listen, and, and no, <laughs> totally. I'm not going to mess with it. Exactly. Exactly. And listen, we've had people, you know, uh, we had one entrepreneur that started his own agency. Come on. And his, he, the only thing he said he would have done differently is like, don't use a credit card until you're 25. Yeah. And he goes, just don't, you know, like that was <laughs> great advice. Like stay away from them, you know? Good tip. It's so, true. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think I, right. I didn't need a checking cat. I, I, yeah. uh, and, and when I was in college, I bounced a lot of checks. And that was a problem. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Chris, thank you so much for your valuable yeah, time. Chris. We know you have your choice of podcasts and we're so happy that you joined us on ours. Oh, that sounds like an airline announcement. Yeah, I know. I, I'm getting, I'm that's, I'm getting into that. That's great. Um, 
and uh, I, I'm I will email you right away uh, about uh, late April or even the week of May first, depending on you guys pick what's what's best. But it'd be great to have you and your wife Anna on two talents. We'll celebrate the book launch. You know, you might have to give the mic to Anna a little bit longer on that one, yeah. but yeah, I think you'll be okay with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's great to be on. It's uh, great to get to finally see you in person. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It was great talking no, with we you. Will, we will stay in touch. And uh, just so everybody listening knows, we've been talking with Chris Wyant, uh, cartoonist and illustrator extraordinaire. You can see his work at The New Yorker. Um, he's also Boston been syndicated. Globe? Boston Globe. Absolutely. He's Playboy? Of the boss. <laughs> you, Todd really likes the Playboy. Yeah. We'll stick with Boston Globe and the New Yorker. <laughs> Boston Globe and the New Yorker. And um, he's in the books. Uh, he's got the number one best. He and his wife, number one best-selling book, uh, You Are Not Small. And there's that, that's the series, right? The whole series, You Are Not Small. Um, yeah, it's the Not series, we call it. Yeah. Yep, the Not series. And uh, as we just talked about, we're going to be celebrating the uh, Hudson and Tallulah Take Sides, uh, their newest book uh, that will be coming out May 1st. Yeah. So, again, Chris, thank you so much. And uh, if there's anything else you need, well, email me and we can we can plug it on our socials when we promote the show. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Chris, excellent. We're getting here. So much fun. We're going to wrap up real quick, but stay right there because I want to I want to ask you something when we're done. So this won't take anywhere. long. Yeah. Yep. Don't go Great. anywhere. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. Another another great show. No, it was great. And this. Yeah, I, I was, loved it. And you want to know what I love, too, is that he didn't even go to art school, per, you know, like specific. Right. I went to art school. Yeah. I went to art school and I never utilized it. Well, it may have informed you being the comedian you well, are today. It, it could have. But, you know, in a way I did because, I, well, you know, he's an illustrator. You right. Know, and uh, everything I, I, I went into advertising and it right. was just everything regimented. You follow the right. guidelines. And if you go outside the guidelines, you know, there's no creativity. It was no fun. So that's why I'm happy that I, you know, I'm where I am now, you know, with absolutely the, with comedy. So. And, so, and that's thing. Sometimes it takes time. You know, you think you're going to be on this path. You know, Chris was on that path. It's like, oh, and his parents are like, oh, now, now you're in school. You're going to be a lawyer. And it's like, you don't have to follow that path. He went and tried it. Yeah. He didn't like it. You know, I went to do you know my first job. I walked in. I was at J.P. Morgan in the early 90s. Really? I never yeah. knew that. I got to J- interview you. Cause, yeah. Well, yeah. we will eventually. Yeah. I was at J.P. Morgan in the early 90s. Two of my friends from high school, we were all, ex- or high school, college, we were all excited and we all got jobs. And at the time we were making $28,000 a year. We were all really pumped about it. Yeah. I walked in there. No, they were loving it. I looked and saw the, People breathing heavy, drinking, yeah. smoking, sitting at the desk, on the phone, screaming, running around. You know, Cocaine. the sleeves rolled up. Well, I didn't see that. Yeah. But, you know, the loose ties. People, I was just like, this just isn't for me. It's like, I'm going to go be a shop girl at some retail store and then I'll just figure it out. And yeah. that's exactly what I did. You're a great shop girl. I was a great <laughs> shop girl at the time. It informed who I am today. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's important. And, and again, I can't emphasize enough to everybody just to wrap this up, you know, if you're going to make the jump into something, it's okay to be a little bit prepared. And I love that, you know, Chris, you know, he did what he did. He saved his money. He he had a, he set a time for himself. He said, this is my time to investigate this. He still worked while he did it. Right. And, and I just don't think enough people today are doing that and realize like half of that fear, if you can just quit, there's still going to be fear, but if you can quell the, Hey, I'm still going to be making some money. I have enough money for X amount of months or a year and a half or whatever it is to do this. And in this time, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make contacts and it's going to inform how 
how I go forward. And yeah. either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. And a lot of people end up not doing it. We know that. They right. fall back to their safety school. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Go back to your safety school and make a success there. Yeah. But there, then there are those that really have prepared, that take those chances, meet those people. And, and then they take that leap. And that's the difference. Yep. It's that huge difference. That is the difference. Yep. So. so it was great. Great show. Great show. Yeah. All right. Say goodbye, George. Goodbye, George.